welcome to another episode of The Full English with me, Pam McLaughlin. This podcast was created to talk about current topics and issues relating to the English curriculum in secondary schools. And today I have two guests joining me. Firstly, Julie Hughes, who was previously a head of faculty in a large Nottinghamshire academy, now works as an English advisor and textbook author. In fact, you may have seen Julie last year when she presented our hugely successful weekly webinars, which we put on to support teachers during the first lockdown. She was also a guest speaker at our online diversity conference last summer when she talked about incorporating and teaching the recent additions to our literature set texts. My other guest today is Liz Slade. Now, Liz is the Senior Qualifications Manager for English and Drama, and Liz and I work together on the Edexcel English GCSEs at Pearson. Really great to have you both here today. Welcome, Julie and Liz, and thank you for joining me for this episode. Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here. Yeah, thanks, Pam. Great. So let's start off first, as we usually do. Liz, I'm going to ask you to share a memory from your own school days, please. Okay, so um, I'm going to talk about the most memorable day I've ever had at school, which was um, in about, we were either in year eight or year nine, and this is in a science lesson. Um, So we're we're sat there in the science lab, just having our normal lesson, as you do. The teacher's at the front, she's teaching us. Um, There's a lab technician kind of floating around, you know how they do, kind of doing Mm. some experiments, preparing um, chemicals and whatnot for the next lesson, etc. And she was kind of at the front in a little sort of cubby hole room. Um, And then all of a sudden, there was an enormous bang out of nowhere. Um, and it was an explosion. So basically, um, what the technician has done is mixed these chemicals together, caused this explosion in our class. Purple smoke then was kind of coming into the classroom, <laughs> massive, massive oh, clouds dear. of smoke. Oh, no. Teachers screaming to us, oh. evacuate, get out the classroom, oh. screaming. And we're all running out into the playground. Um, I, I should have started by saying everyone was okay. Um, the front row had to go to hospital because these chemicals oh, no. you shouldn't be breathing them in. But everyone was absolutely fine. Were you fine. in the front row, by the way? No, I was oh. in the back row, of Luckily, course. Luckily, yeah. This was one time yeah. when, you know, this came in very handy. So we were in the back row, me and my friends. Um, and everyone was fine, but it was just one of those one of those memories where kind of, it, you know. Days with you, It yeah. was just such a strange day. Um yeah, and, it must and we'll been, never forget it. Exactly, as teenagers <laughs> in year eight, that would probably be quite exciting afterwards to tell everyone yeah. that story. A well, big drama. Enough, yeah, that's true. And funnily enough, and you, I can tie this back to exams in a way, which is a bit strange. But when it came to GCSEs years later, one of the questions on our science paper was about these chemicals, ah. and obviously everyone had it absolutely imprinted on them, on them, on yeah. their minds. So we all. Got that one right. Did well in that part, yeah. So it was bizarre. Julie, would you like to tell us your memory, please? Yes, that made me think actually about safeguarding. One wonders now whether that story (laughs) wouldn't wouldn't actually make the national news. Um, I know. I kept thinking, what? I mean, imagine that today. I think we had like a letter home, you know. It's like something on a drama on telly. I can think of that drama that used to be on. It would be like that. It's funny. Waterloo Road, yes. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now um, you get a bumped head letter, don't you, for sort of everything from if your child um, bumps (laughs) into furniture. Um, Mine is is, um, is equally, um, I suppose, 
traumatic in a way. I realised recently that my experience of year 11 was very similar to the experiences of those um, going through the current um, difficult year. But for different reasons, my dad did a teaching exchange. He was a, a local head teacher, a primary head, and we went to the States for a year. Now, this is going back because I'm very old, way older than Liz, um, going back to 1975. So going to the States then was like akin to space travel, frankly. Um, <laughs> and I learned nothing there of any relevance, by the way, except that I can recite most of the state capitals across the states and I can do the Pledge of Allegiance to the, the flag. Wow, well other, done. Other than that, I just had a complete year out and it was absolutely wonderful and I had a great time and fell in love That's with the country. It. But when mm. I came back, obviously all my my cohort had done their, their O-levels as they were at the time. And um, at the time, there was no kind of catch-up method. So I just had to be sort of, had to have a timetable cobbled together and shoved into various classes. And... Um, I decided, much against my dad's objections, to take this new subject called sociology, which he considered to be incredibly trendy and lefty, despite the fact that he was actually a bit of a lefty himself. But no, I insisted. And one of the reasons was it included school trips, um, which was the big, the big appeal, frankly. But um, I got really into it. I absolutely loved it. And I remember coming home and railing against the sort of patriarchy, which just actually involved not cleaning my room. Yeah. Because, because actually my mum already worked full time and was railing it as the patriarchy herself anyway. She was a teacher and she threatened a strike because you weren't allowed to wear trousers as a, as a female. Oh, yes. Days. But wow. I was just thinking, actually, the, another reason why um, why it was a memorable year was because um, uh, when I did my English literature exam, which was my passion, I'd had to teach myself and nobody told me when I got into the exam that the um, that the books had changed. So I, no. I went I had studied Henry oh, the Fourth. Julie. Yeah. And and I had studied Henry the Fourth Part Two. And when I got in there, it was Romeo and Juliet. So I no. still I use my quotations anyway and can still to this day um, recall them. Um, and I, I got wow. a C. So when students, when I was teaching, would ask me what I got, I would say I got a C and they'd go, oh, that's rubbish. <laughs> but actually, actually, I was quite pleased. But it just made me think, actually, of how, you know, the fear of getting in there and finding it was a different, mm. um, you know, no, mm. obviously one didn't in those days put your hand up in an exam, God forbid. Yeah. And it made me think how, how, how at least we don't have those problems now. But what it did do, just to end on, was give me um, a lifelong hatred of just learning quotations by rote. Because ah, yeah. if mm. you don't know what they mean, they're no blooming good to you in the exam. So anyway, that was my. No, I really like that. It's really, well, it's interesting story, isn't it? As you say, it links to today, doesn't it? It does, Which very is... much so, yes. Yes, that, yeah. that difficulty of coming back after and feeling behind and feeling out of place and feeling awkward, you know, were all things I can really relate to, actually. Yeah. Such a difficult time as well now, isn't it? Very, for teachers yeah. and students who are due to go back yeah. next week, I think it is, isn't it? So anyway, thank you for those memories. Let's move on. And today we're talking about English language GCSE. In particular, we're going to focus on our newly accredited GCSE language 2.0, also known as LIFT. So, Liz, do you want to give us the context and the background as to why this GCSE was developed? I mean, how did it come about? Yeah, yeah sure. I'd love to. Um, so this all started um, the idea about 18 months to two years ago. Um, and it didn't start with us kind of doing something as radical as a new GCSE. It really started from a point of thinking about the forgotten third. So that's the third of students who don't achieve um, the grade four for GCSE English. 
Um, that's, that's from the standard forgotten third report, isn't it? From that that's report, That's from the ASCOL yeah. report, yeah. That's so that it. came out and we we did all start um, obviously looking at that and thinking, um, I mean, with the current GCSEs, what more could we do to support those students um, in terms of motivation and engagement? Um, and so we started doing a lot of research and we had focus groups um, with various teachers, so teachers from schools and also tutors um, from colleges. So we invited them um, to join us and we just asked them a lot of questions about what the issues were with their students and what we could do as an exam board in terms of support materials, resources and training um, to, to kind of help them and to motivate these students and to to engage them and to, to help them enjoy um, learning English. Um, so what was coming back from those conversations um, was the fact that that wasn't really enough. So that wasn't really good enough and that wasn't what they wanted. Right. Um, so, I mean, a lot of the, um, the teachers that we spoke to were saying, um, you know, we need more than that. There's a problem here with the kind of text that students are being asked to work with and that they're facing in the exam. Um, and the word they all used a lot was relatable. So having ah, text right. yeah. that the students could actually relate relate to. Um, so that got a sense of thinking. And also they were saying things like if it was if there was another assessment, if there was another option, something different they could do, that would really help. Um, so um, we went away. And then we started to think more about this and whether actually we can develop a brand new GCSE here and we need to offer something different. Because um, I mean, I guess in the in this country, we've got 750,000 students sitting GCSE every year mm. and they've, they've been doing that GCSE since 2015 and they're all, they're all similar um, in one way or another. And it's just kind of thinking, that doesn't suit every single student in this country. Mm, exactly, it, while it yeah. suits most, and that's fine, it's that we might we wanted to offer something equally as valid, but something different. Mm, interesting. And it started about, did you say 18 months ago? Yeah, months, so we did years. a lot of, yeah, so we did a lot of research then with teachers and then started yeah. kind of planning the GCSE and then taking it back to teachers again to show them and to just kind of tweak um, what we were doing um, and then about a year ago we first submitted it to Ofqual because it has to be accredited yeah. so that process kind of has taken the past year mm -hmm. um, because we didn't get accredited straight away we had to make changes etc so it now it's exciting a long process. Because it's, it's so exciting mm, now because yeah. we've been accredited so we just cannot wait to kind of launch this new GCSE yes. um, um, so today no one knows as we're talking today no one knows about it so I cannot wait until next week um when we can tell everybody announce it yeah exactly. and announce Brilliant. it that's it yeah really good yeah so in terms of this new GCSE it's important to remember that um it is accredited by Ofqual so there are certain subject criteria that we have to stick to so there are things that we have to do um, in the context that we're working in. So, for example, we have to have fiction and non-fiction text. Yeah. We have to span 19th, 20th and 21st, which you know. Um, the assessment objectives, which everyone is really familiar with, um, they're the same. Um, and we're, we're testing reading skills and writing skills. So there's certain 
structure here and there are certain elements that are non-negotiable that we have to adhere to that so what we've done is within those constraints or within those rules mm-hmm. um, and criteria we've um, just changed things around a bit and changed kind of the format of the questions and the the marks the tariff of the marks and how they build um, so the design is different but the value is exactly the same as the current GCSE so I'll just I'll just briefly talk about kind of the difference and what the new GCC looks yeah, like and then I'll hand right. over to Julie because she can go into more more detail there. Um, so this GCC is to suit different learners and what we've decided, what we're trying to do is taking a more functional approach to our GCSE. Students have to study 19th century texts which they understandably find yeah. very challenging so what we've tried to do here is to make that text more functional. So it's a non-fiction text and we've actually broken it down into two shorter texts. And what we've done is taken a contemporary topic. Um, so something that's familiar to students and in the SANS, the sample papers, the topic is health and exercise. And with um, the 19th century text will be on a topic that's familiar to them, um, but more of a functional feel. And then when we move into our um, contemporary paper, the 20th and the 21st century texts, they are fiction texts. And what we're what we're doing here is making them more relatable. Yeah. And making them more engaging for students while while they're studying the course and also then in their assessment at the end. The other benefit of this is that this suits students who are just studying English language on its own. So while we oh, were yeah, talking earlier it. about mm. the, the research students, um, there's no crossover with literature, so this this is suitable for those students, yeah, and it will great. give them something more functional, more real world, and more relatable there to to work with. Yeah, exactly. Um, and do, sorry, were you going to go on? No, I was just going to say, Julie, do you want to come in here and talk about? Yeah, sure. You know, in terms of your own experience from a teacher perspective and how this would, yeah, you know, how it's an you know, a really great thing to have introduced this. Yes, I mean, I think that's really interesting what you say about the forgotten third, because um, obviously there's a lot of a lot of talk about it and has been for quite some time in classrooms mm-hmm. yeah. about how we, you know, how the fact that the system is 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 if you like made um, to have some, you know, a third of people, um, you know, getting below a certain benchmark. But I think it's easy to forget that when you know when they get to colleges, when they when they need to move on to the next stage in their lives, and, and they're faced with doing English and and maths as well again, they're often you know jaded, they're defeated. I personally had the same experience with maths. I, you know, I took it three times at school and had to take you know a special test to be a teacher, yeah, and just felt too. felt completely disenfranchised by the whole thing. Especially um, with some schools, they might even be starting their GCSEs absolutely. or they're covering them in year nine. So yeah. by the time you've gone to year 11, oh, you've been doing it for absolutely. the whole of your life, probably. Yeah. And you may well have, have, have mentally switched off if, exactly, yeah. you know, if you were one of the sort of silent, um, you know, sort of quarter of students at school who just sort of sat at the back and, and hoped for the best, like I did. Um, you know, you, by that time you are, it's not your, it's not your favourite subject. I was just going to say, if you know, it's not your, something that you excel at, you know, you might, like you say, might be switched off might yeah and I think what this represents certainly for you know I've done an awful lot of work with colleges since I've I've I've, I've actually given up um you know being head of department and a lot of them you know talk about how 
you know how difficult it is to re-engage students who've had a bad experience and I think you know I always say to them you know tell them this is a fresh start but this actually is a fresh start I mean and it's I not just sorry to interrupt you it's not yeah. just about the whole bad experience thing I'm thinking no. about you know when I was teaching you know the reset classes for example mm. and it would be sort of a case of they'd be like you could tell they were here yeah. they were so you know they really wanted to pass it this time and they wanted to you know get the grade they needed to do whatever they wanted to do afterwards but there was this sense often of you know oh here we go again I've yeah not done well at this for so many times why am I now going to you know it's difficult isn't it so it's that whole well, thing mixed together really and I think this this is something that teachers will certainly and colleges will certainly love is the fact that they can you know, re-energise students by saying, look, this isn't more of the same. And also the fact that this is specifically in a way, like Liz said, because it doesn't tie in with it, it doesn't necessarily need to tie in with English literature, though it, 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 it you know, it, it can sit alongside it. But the fact that it, it, it is, uh, um, if you like, on its own, standard yeah. yeah it is it is something that you can you can kind of put across as being specifically for you this is uh, as 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 Jason and Kylie told us especially for you mm. rather than being um you know more of the same and I think that you know I think that's that that is the most exciting thing about it that it's fresh it's new it's clean um do you do you want me to talk about the specifics of it or yeah I mean I was just going to say as well the fact it is the fact you just said it's fresh and clean do you want to mm. just mm. expand on that a little bit first of all well, I think one of the strengths for me on the Edexcel specs has always been the fact that they're very straightforward and they're very user friendly. And I think that comes from um, Pearson Edexcel's experience with the sort of FE and um, functional side of qualifications. And I think that's always been a great strength. And I think that's carried forward in this, in, for instance, the fact that paper one is where you're going to evaluate. And I think evaluation is something that sometimes has been made a big mountain of or seen as a big mountain when in fact actually for some students it's a much more graspable skill than language and structure it will be generally speaking with with English students who have struggled it yeah will, they will have struggled they dread like, it like often. I did with yeah. algebra they mm. they don't get yeah, exactly. the whole the whole um you know word connotation level and that's what they'll have struggled with so evaluation in the straightforward way it appears on this paper for instance things like um you know do you mm. agree with this statement or not mm. and you know in this extract for instance the writer tries to persuade people to work more evaluate how successfully this is achieved give three mm. reasons mm. it what's what's lovely about it is it's clean again there's no hidden surprises in what you're supposed to do if you do what it says on the question then you will succeed and I think again that's another fresh approach is it's about reading the question and it's about doing what, what's on the question you know it couldn't be more straightforward than how do you how far do you agree with this opinion well I agree yeah. with it and I agree with it because bump, bump, yeah bump. and that's the thing Liz isn't it about the mm. uh the evaluation aspect in this exam in this in yeah. GCSE I should say yeah absolutely I mean um these skills as we've mentioned before the assessment objectives the skills that the students are are doing and they're being assessed on are the same so they're doing that evaluation they're doing the comparison and as Julie said we've just tried to give really clear pointers there with what's expected in each question and just try and make it absolutely clear to the students in the exam what what's required of them Another thing we've done is we've put, as Julie said, all of the evaluation into that paper one, that non-fiction, and we've put all of the comparison into paper two. And this really came back positively from teachers when we were talking to them about it. And they were saying, 
students will know what's expected of them it will make yeah. it easier for them to revise it will reduce their confusion and they'll just go into there clearly knowing I'm going to evaluate in paper one but I don't need to think about that in paper two I'm doing comparison um, and just kind of just helps to support them and I think that's the key thing we're trying to do here they're doing the same skills they're reading they're writing they're evaluating what we're trying to do is just give a little bit of, of support there and guidance to them um, while they're in the assessment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Go on, sorry, Julie. On, just picking up on that in terms of the comparison, for instance, the fact that there are two two fiction, sorry, two um, 19th century texts in, in paper one, but it needs emphasising that there might be two, but students aren't required to compare them, which I think again yeah. makes it, because that the one thing that is difficult if you are struggling with your reading and the one thing that is the big stumbling block in colleges with students who are coming to it for the second and third time is basically that reading skill and faced with a large chunk of text it's it's you know you face me with a whole page of algebra and I've gone I, I, I've you know and I think the idea of it being too short a text but you haven't got to bring them together at any point in that in that first paper one makes paper one you know very approachable and you know th there's evaluation of it but no comparison the comparison then comes on paper two with two texts that are far more approachable and easy yeah, to follow and it. I think that again is a is a because because comparison is you know probably the biggest mountain it is the one that people always say student you know teachers I, I used to struggle with that enormously as a teacher with students who thought that if you just put however in the middle of a paragraph it was a comparison yeah I know and it was a long time before <laughs> I felt comfortable with actually comparisons a fairly easy skill um it's yeah, just you talked bit, about that in the webinars and you yes, explained, thought, yeah exactly there are there are very easy ways into comparison so mm. now the fact that it is on two relatable you know texts that will be more familiar is again another huge strength of of the you know of the new spec of course, the other thing talking about reading, you know, I used to have a lot of students used to say to me, Miss, I really struggle trying to get through it all. You know, some might have extra time depending on their own circumstances, but, you know, it would be Miss, I can't, you know, read all that, digest it and then answer everything in section A. So I might not have enough time to do it and struggle mm -hmm. with that. So, you know, it's really good that we've thought about all these things. And section A is one hour and 10 minutes long. You know, that's yeah. the time suggested to spend on it. So they've got mm -hmm. more time to spend on the reading aspect of it. So, yeah, I think it's really, really exciting. And it's really mm. good opportunity for those students to resit something that's different. Pam, in response to the issue of timing, I think we've learned a lot of lessons since 2015 about right. um, how the exam has played out in real life and how students yeah. have got on. So, we were lucky here I mean to be able to kind of give them that extra time that we know that that they'll need so that they don't have to rush and panic through that reading section they can get to the writing section relatively freshly yeah. still um because they are under that massive pressure aren't they and especially if you're somebody yeah. like we said who is doesn't excel at English yeah. it's not your favorite subject and you have got psychologically I don't usually get through section a or I'm not very good at it so mm. if you've got more time you're already setting, you know, setting people up to hopefully have more of a chance to do better in that respect. Absolutely. It's the whole exam experience, isn't it? It's a stressful experience already. So, yeah, kind of exactly. The, yeah. So, yeah. So let's just move on then to talk about writing. Um, do you want to talk, tell us about the writing section, Liz? Sure. Yeah. So we've got um, two sections of writing, one in each paper, which, again, will be very familiar to everybody. 
Um, we have non-fiction writing and we have creative writing. Um, and again, what we've done here is we're, we're assessing exactly the same assessment objectives. It's the same total marks, 40 marks for both. Um, what we've tried to do here is just to give some more support in the question. So the output is the same from students. They're going to be doing their writing. We're assessing them on their writing skills. Um, but in terms of the question, what we've put in here are more supportive bullet points to guide students through what, what they might want to include in their response. Um, they'll always have a choice of, of questions. There'll always be a choice of writing task in there for them. Um, and something new that, that we've introduced here is that we've started the response for them um, for some of the questions. And this really is to help yeah, them. Yeah, that's great. That's so they're not panicking. Yeah. Kind of trying to generate ideas. It just so they'll still get to show what they can do with writing. We've just given them a kind of helping hand to get them started off. That's all. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is we know how important planning is for the writing responses. Definitely. So we have made it clear, haven't we, Pam? Like it's in yeah. there in black and white. We've got a lovely planning box there that they can. Well, use. it's just that usually I'd off. We'd, I'm sure you've been down this route, Julie, where people Absolutely. are like, Miss, I don't want to plan. I never bother planning. Mm. And if you sort of know that it's going to be in there and as a teacher, you can teach them that. Yeah, and this is what you. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it is. Good. It is. If anybody's been to my webinars on writing, they'll know that planning is is dear to my heart. It is. Yeah. the. If you've written a plan, then, you know, you've got something to work with. And, and, and half my teaching towards the end was about teaching students how to plan. Mm. But if and, and, and I was just thinking about the strengths again of the writing questions. Um, yeah. Whilst Liz talked about how there's more structure to them, there is, but in a way that still leaves it open. You know, the, the creative writing, for instance, there's, you know, you can choose the narrative voice, um, exactly. you know, depending on yeah. which question you use. So you've still got somewhere to go with that. If some students prefer first person, some some prefer third person, etc. You've got some help there, and obviously we've still got the pictures. So there's there's yeah. still some, you know, there's some complete familiarity there. I think which is really useful. And with Definitely. the transactional writing which probably, I mean, depending, I certainly have had more worries, I think, and more requests for special training from teachers about the transactional writing. And if we look, for instance, at the, I'm just looking at the two um, ones here in, the, in the, the, the sample assessment, the little starter paragraph gives you an idea, you know, I would advise you to look at how you can make small changes to your everyday life. Well, as a student, you can look at that, take a deep breath and think, all I need to do is write, is think about three or four small changes and write about them. And, you, mm. and you've got somewhere to go, you, you're off and running. And then if you do your plan, you're there. And again, things like write the letter of application. One thing I've emphasised, and I think, you know, perhaps needs to happen more is that Students need to be encouraged to regard these as real life activities. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Rather than sitting, I, I mean, I'm I'm sort of really passionate about this. Rather than sitting in an English classroom doing English work, what I want is students sitting in a classroom doing work that's going to help them. It sounds terribly highfalutin, but that is going to help them in their their, their life. Yeah, or of course. Yeah. I want them to bring more of their everyday life into it. So, for instance, mm. if you're writing a letter of application, don't do it in an English classroomy way, writing those cliched, um, you know, I am very mm. responsible <laughs> and, um, you know, just think to yourself, well, actually, you know, last year during the lockdown, I spent, you know, most of my spare time delivering eggs from the local farm to, to, to um, vulnerable people. You know, use that. You And I think that's that's something that that I hope is going to be 
people are going to be able to do again with a fresh start. With yeah, because when you apply for jobs, you know, as an adult, as opposed to someone who's still in education, who's yeah. if you're an adult, you'd have to put examples in your of in course. your letter. So it's you know you've got to think about your own experiences and what you can bring to the bring to the letter. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's something that with the more relatable side of the text, I think that's something that hopefully that this can encourage is what we want to do is students who have had a bad experience come to it as yourself yeah. don't come to it as that English student who I mean to give you another sort of personal example when I had to do my test to be a teacher my son who was in year seven at the time because I didn't start teaching till I was in my 40s um, he helped me with my little test and I took functional skills level one and was inordinately proud of having passed but um I had by then run my own business. So I brought myself to that maths exam and thought, actually, this is quite easy because it's just like working out my cost of goods. Mm, yeah, so again, and it's the real world. Yeah, yeah it's the yeah. idea that let's let's have a GCSE where students who've had a bad experience can come to it and say, I can be me. I can, you know, I, I can bring to it myself. Yeah. And I think that's what the writing questions encourage more this time. Yeah, exactly. I think so. And I think when... Um... Just that's just reminded me of, of um, the teachers we spoke to during the research and they very much said the connection to the real world yes. will help the students to see the value mm. in the qualification as well. So, um, yeah, it's good. a really good point. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've talked about that. I don't know if there's anything we can add. I mean, really, what I think would be interesting now to think about is mm. one of the things the teacher myself, our next head of department, you know, you'd be really loath to change, wouldn't you? You'd be reluctant to yeah. suddenly change exam boards. And you know why. Mm. There's lots of different reasons. Of yeah. You know, it's the pressure that you're under to get the results, etc. Sure. Um, so, you know, you could be in wherever it's, which whatever type of centre you're in, for, um, colleges, whatever. You know, you're under that pressure, aren't you, to get the results and you want the students to do well. So you're reluctant to change. So what would be the what would be the reasons to get away, you know, to overcome those issues that teachers might have in their mind about changing exams at this point? Do you want me to have a, an yeah. answer on that? Yeah. I think, I think, but aside from what I've already said about it being fresh and clean and exciting, I think that that can apply to teachers as well as to, as to, as it applies to students. Teachers have had a really rough couple of years and probably, um, still have rough times ahead of them mm, and I think that you know they don't always get a very a very sympathetic press and I, which I think is terrible and I think but I think this is something that they need as much as students need you know it's 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 fresh it's clean it's exciting it's no point yeah it's something to get your teeth into so rather than looking at it as oh I've got to relearn something you haven't actually all you've got to do is to adjust what you're doing but it but bringing new and exciting things to it but but also there are you know, resources that mean that you, 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 you're absolutely ready to go. I mean, I know we're going to, that's probably Liz can, can, can add more to what the resources we've got, yeah. but certainly like we did with the other one in, in 2015, there's been a real effort to provide everything, everything teachers need to make it as easy as possible. So in terms mm. of why change, I think to energise yourself as much as to energise your students. The other thing I was just going to mention was that students can do this over one year, can't they? And teachers might be thinking, well, how can you do, you know, a full GCSE English language over one year instead of two? So can we just clarify that and explain and expand on that a bit for teachers? Obviously, one of the one of the issues 
teachers might raise at this point is, you know, how do I start something new and how do I teach it in one year? Um, although, to be to be honest, most um, students resitting do it do it in in a year or less anyway. Yeah. But one of the I think one of the ways that they could approach this is, you know, we have produced some resources, and one of the ways one of the ones I've produced is a topic based um, scheme of work which is just intended to be sort of a four lesson or four weekly cycle where you do similar skills in every cycle of lessons. So lesson one is always a similar skill. Lesson two is always language. Lesson three is always evaluation. But you just make it more and more and more um, challenging each time. And what it is, is it's topic based. So instead of students feeling they're slogging away for six weeks on, say, language and structure that they struggled with last year and the year before, mm -hmm, yeah. this time they're actually doing a topic. So let's take, for instance, one of the ones I did was adventures and um, and I don't know if I called it adventures and experiences, I think. Right. And again, the idea is that we that we ask, you know, that students bring in their own text, that we actually involve students in the process of, of developing their own learning. So the idea is that, you know, we're literally taking them along with us. So if the topic was, um, I think another one I did was identity. So again, they can bring oh, in yeah. texts that, 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 that relate to their own identity and doing the four week cycle means you could be ready to take it um you know if if you if you do it in future years you could be ready to take it in, in november if you wanted to or you could you know wait till june but that idea of making it fresh on a four week cycle because there is another problem with colleges for instance with stu with um some students who are doing vocational subjects coming not to every lesson or coming oh, of course yeah. and i think again that's why this is so suitable with the resources we've produced is because they can approach it on a sort of four week cycle basis four weeks on reading four weeks on writing and students can just pick up that four weeks and it doesn't necessarily matter if they miss some of them that's a really good point yeah i haven't mm. thought of that one when we were when you know when you were creating the resources but that's a really good point yeah definitely it is. That, that is something that, that is a problem if, a if if on a vocational subject some of the colleges only get the students one day a week the problem oh, is that if yeah. they yeah if they miss part of you know they might miss the evaluation lessons or they might miss the the writing part if you do it on a topic-based cycle a you know students are, are always going to get sort of part of it because every four weeks you're returning to the same skill or if you have more exactly. than mm. less than a week you know and i think that that way of approaching it and approaching it as topic rather than skills because I think the idea of doing oh we're doing language or we're doing um, comparison for four weeks is 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 slogging and what ends yeah, up definitely what ends mm -hmm. up happening is you just end up doing a how to do it and then an exam question how to do it and then an exam question mm, that's so what it. I tried to do in the resources to make it way more interactive to use a lot of images to even use film extracts that kind of thing to make it a lot more fun and, and engaging and engaging yeah. and do it on a sort of cycle basis mm. so that you can you know and, and in terms of teachers what we have produced I hope is something that is literally in a box and ready to go well yeah. I was just going to say when I was a teacher the whole thing about oh I'm worried about changing mm. with this we've mm. got the ready getting ready to teach guide um haven't yeah. we Liz what else have we got in there we talked about this the other day we've got so we're going to do a full getting ready to teach package where we do training as well and we'll go into much more of the detail about the questions and how um the how to respond and yeah and how to respond we're going to have three sets of sample question papers um we're going to have an anthology of text so that will cover the 19th 
um, century and the contemporary text. So that's looking really great. Julie's fantastic scheme of work, which do, does really look engaging. I think that will work really well for everyone. And I think um, the thing another, is you're going to, yeah, sorry, go on. Sorry. No, <laughs> another, right. another thing is, um, as you said, Pam, we, we understand how difficult it is often to, to switch and to start a new GCSE when you've been used to teaching something for a long time and you've got your resources. So um, we really want to give as much as, po as possible, including kind of one-to-one -one support from an English yeah, specialist exactly. where, mm. where we can as well. So we'll have um, people on hand to help um, teachers and tutors. Um, and the online events as well. Online yeah. events, yeah. And another thing that's been very successful is, as a result of the webinars, is the the WhatsApp groups, for instance, that we set up. Yes. Which yes. Um, you know, ping on my phone every day with with you know, has anybody got this? Has anybody got that? When are we getting mm. this? And it's always answered by somebody from Pearson's. Yeah. Or somebody like myself. And I think again, if you can set that kind of thing up, because these days, it's so like a days, community, isn't it? Yeah. As well, it, they talk needs, about things themselves on there. Yeah. Yeah, we've all got much more used to communicating online on on Zoom, on Teams, etc. And I think you know, if you're a college in Exeter, you can still communicate now with a college in Leicester and do collaborations on. Yeah, brilliant. On yeah, so exactly. And I think that's something that can be, you know, that, that definitely Edexcel is good at, at bringing people together, creating groups where you can share, you know, um, amongst yourselves. Definitely. Yeah, mm. really good. So, Liz, this is really exciting. I'm, you know, can't wait for this to happen. When is the actual um, this launch events for teachers, I think, isn't there? Do you want to just give us a bit of information about that? Yes, sure. So um, we've got two online events. Um, one's on the 27th of April and the other on the 29th. So 27th is for schools, 29th is for um, colleges. Um, and during those events, you'll get an overview. Come and find out more. Um, Julie will be there presenting um, and we're really, really Great. excited to see you there. Yes, it, that, that, that reminds me, actually, to think about schools. Mm -hmm. I would be I would have been just as excited as a head of department. I can remember changing over, gosh, a long time ago to the um, not the new spec now, but the one before that. And, um, you know, being excited about it and how it re-energised my department. Yeah, you know, obviously want to um, want to stress that there's no reason why this GCSE couldn't be done by by students in schools as well. Mm. And, you know, it might be that, that schools have got a big enough cohort to offer, you know, two options or some teachers might want to do this as an alternative alternative to the other so it's certainly worth having a look because for certain students it you know it it, it it does have some advantages so certainly we're not cutting schools out of it and we're saying it could be just as exciting for them mm, exactly good point yeah definitely so yeah so that's all happening um we've it's just really great, isn't it, that we've got this point in time now where it's actually been accredited and we mm. can launch it for teachers and you know hopefully they'll love it too so, I think so. yeah definitely um, yeah go on I was just going to say a lot of hard work's gone into it and we feel so passionate about it that now it's actually going to come to life in schools. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. So we're going to end it there, I think. There's nothing else we can, we've talked about as much as we can today. And in terms of where people can find out more information about this, it's going to be on our website, isn't it, Liz, when it's yes, that's officially right. launched? Yes, so we'll have... Um, it, it will have its own page, 2.0 lift. Yeah. And we'll have the specification, the SAMs, all of the support that we've spoken about um, will all be there for you to, to access easily. 
Perfect. And they'll be able to sign up for the online events and all that as well. That'd Definitely. be great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's really interesting to talk and exciting to talk about a new GCSE. So, yeah, really good. Thank you for joining me. And Pleasure. thank you for thank those. You. You're welcome. And thank you for those who've listened to us. And I hope you join us for another episode next time. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you.